0: thank you so much for joining us we're going to be talking about the ending and the path that leads to uh the ending of god of war ragnarok so spoilers if you haven't finished the game you at home how much of the ending of the game was kind of locked while god of war 2018 was in development
1: uh, you're gonna test my memory now timelines i don't i don't think any of it was really yeah. yeah i think we when we finished 2018 we started to figure out whether we were going to do two or three games. That was the first big question. Once we settled in two, then there was some stakes put in the ground about what needed to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and Corey gave me three things. He's like, these three things have to happen after that, you figure it out. And what
2: were the three things?
1: Ragnarok has to happen. The kids got to leave and Brock's got to die.
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. But like the rest of it, like the prophecy, because obviously at the end of the tw- the first game, there is that moment where you see, oh, um, Kratos is dead and um, Atreus is standing with Odin. Was that always kind of like, we know how that's going to resolve or was it always a case of, or was it a case of like, we'll there, figure out how we'll get there? There's
1: always multiple answers mm-hmm. and we, as we start to figure out what we want to do next and how we want to take it even further in the future, we start to pick which ones, but there's... It's not as cut and dry as I think people make it out to be, you know. I think it's much like, you know, if you probably asked even like somebody like George R. R. Martin, like, like, do you know? Like, no. Once he starts writing a book, he starts to see where it's going to go. I don't think he's got it 100% mapped out all the time. Right. I could be wrong. I don't know him. Maybe he's <laughs> awesome. He's way better than we are. Um, I mean, but it's... I think that's kind of how it goes. It's the creativity part. You start to get little pieces that lead you here or there. Um, much like Corey said before, he's got on record, you know, the kid wasn't Loki until like, almost three years in development, you know what I mean? Those things, sometimes they rise in in a good way.
2: Right, Um, in terms of, I think the most interesting interesting thing is where you start and it's like, there's almost like a time skip that happened. Um, Why did you decide to go with that time skip instead of like picking up immediately after? Because there's a lot of like, the first thing I thought was, oh wow, this maturation has happened off screen, which is really interesting. What was the kind of thinking behind that?
1: I think it really comes down to while all that is interesting, putting a conflict in the middle of that, then just for conflict's sake to tell a story to move you through, kind of almost was a disservice to what they were doing. It's, You want to think of them as like they've almost been at the gym for three years. You know what I mean? A very harsh gym in the backyard (laughs) with a giant winter raging. Um, But we didn't need to see all that. Um, You know, if if you were probably going to make a film, that would have been like the Rocky montage, right? Of all the, the training and everything that needed to happen. We knew the bond was built at the end of 2018, right? They have the moment together. So it's not like we need to rehash that. But what we did want to see at the start of this game, which we see in the cave, is that they're well a machine now. They're connected. Like they don't need to talk very much. There's very few words in that opening scene, but you get a lot of story. And that was very important to me to, to show, not just tell, um, so. Is there a game that could have been made there? I mean, obviously you can always figure out a way to do it. Is it the best thing that tells the story that we're trying to do by linking them together and where they're gonna go? Mm-hmm. We felt like this was the best way to
2: start. Yeah, I think like the impressive thing about that, to gush slightly about it, is you get almost all of that information from the the lost time in like two moments, which is one, Kratos is, like facial expression. The moment you hit start, like a new game, he has this like pained facial expression, which kind of tells you, that he still has this emotional kind of turmoil within him. And then Atreus bringing the prey in, which is like an incredible, like two, two small things amount of storytelling in that. That must've been like, when that, when that came together, it must've been such a, a relief to have something like that. Pop yeah, up. I mean, it was, all, it was all super intentional as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, we always start with Kratos looking at you, even mm-hmm. back yeah. to the old games. The games yeah. um, so we wanted you to sit there and you're with him. And it's almost like a priming technique. Yeah. You know, if you stare at someone long enough you can kind of start to sympathize with them so um, heavy rain did an interesting trick with that in general like if you notice when you switch characters they'd always bring the head of the model up and look right at you and it's almost like so you get prime to step into those shoes mm-hmm. so it's not like a, a trick only we use other people figure out how to use it as well um, and then to your point when he's pained it's that you know he's holding Faye's ashes and it's you know she lied to him he can't ask her why Mm. you know he just has to deal with that and then the flip of the 2016 reveal when kratos came out of the shadows we wanted the kid to come in and then he's got the deer the thing he couldn't do so it's like all those pieces like we try to do it's almost like echoes throughout like you know because we are products of our parents you know as much as you try to escape it you know the older i get the more i look like my parents and um you know and you sometimes get the good and sometimes you get the bad so we wanted to make sure that at least you saw that Mature that growth, but also that Kratos is still dealing with things uh, in their their ways.
0: And I mean, you mentioned Faye; that it's she obviously had this kind of seemingly light touch, but had a very impactful role in 2018. And now we get to actually see her uh, within these dream sequences. Why was it so important to see her in this game?
1: I think we needed to see that face, like what you know. You can only talk about this person that like, tempered Kratos for so long. You need to see it. You need to see the interactions. Um, that's why the, the log lift moment was like one of my favorite things we put in the game, you know, because it's like one, you see her and you're like, oh, she can pick up trees, too. Excellent. You know, but then when she has that moment, like, are you going to make me get the other one? And then she taps him on the chest and says, good boy. You're like, she's the one. Yeah, yeah. there's only so many people who can talk to him that way, you know? <laughs> Um, and the the little teasing jokes of calling him Grumbles, mm-hmm. you know, things yeah. like that. Only you know, who's gonna get away with that? You you can't talk about that. You need to see that.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine Kratos going, Oh yeah, she called me Grumbles, you know. Yeah, yeah you absolutely have to experience that. Yeah,
1: yeah. And when you do and, and yeah. Deborah crushed it, you yeah. you believe it. You believed she was the one, right?
2: <clears throat> from from like a narrative and standpoint. What is it? What kind of did you want the the more directness of Faye being there to symbolize is happening within Kratos himself. Because obviously you see her in these sequences now and then, but like, I guess the question is like, why is he suddenly seeing her so much more? What is, it, what is it in him that he's going through, struggling with that brings that to the fore? I think
1: it's really that internal struggle of not knowing. You know, if you had a very important question to ask someone and then they passed away, you're forever out holding that you can't there's no closure to that and so where he thought when he set the pyre on fire that closure was there that was and then when you find out it's not there's something else like afterwards that's hard and it sticks with you as much as you try to push it away it just keeps creeping in your head you know like and I think that's where this is coming from it's just a manifestation of not knowing and wanting that closure and, and trying to remember back is there something I missed there's something she told me. There's something during our time together that I missed that I should have picked up on. Maybe it was his fault. You know, that's, that I think, where Curtis has grown a lot, where before he would be like, it's someone else's fault. Now he's like, no, maybe I missed something. I, maybe I need to be better. Um, and I think it's that, just when you're, you know, you, you can't stop, right? And you run all the scenarios through your head. Like, what happened, you know? Like, yeah. all that, yeah, that's where it comes from.
2: It's, re- it's really interesting because now, like, I'm in post game, and there was a conversation. I can't remember who I had it with, but there was a moment where he like apologized to someone. And I was like, wow, I have never in my life did I think I'd hear Kratos say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And like, I think, like, in that moment, it kind of like was like, oh, this is Faye's influence. And knowing that he's a more round, better rounded person because of her. So it's a really, I think, smart decision to put her in it a bit more. Yeah, Um, but yeah, we want to talk briefly about some of the other characters and the arcs that they go on. A lot of them. Um, Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah, We were putting this
0: together. Like, "Mm, yeah, (laughs) keep Um, going, keep going.
2: Yeah. So I guess starting point, Odin and Thor, like that first scene where they're in the house. Mm -hmm. The tension in that. I was trying to remember what kind of like it reminded me of, but it closest I came was like it's like a Tarantino style tension, where you're just like, oh, these are like gods that could destroy this plane of existence it's just like a powder keg what was it like what was the thinking behind that moment and what was the kind of intention behind that moment sure
1: so I'm gonna slightly skip ahead and I'll come back Um, the final confrontation between Thor and Odin happens in Odin's front yard at his house and so we wanted to have this kind of echo idea again Baldur showed up at Kratos' house and knocks on the door Thor shows up knocks on the door. Odin shows up, knocks on the door. You know. Freya shows up in the front yard and tries to kill him. Everybody comes to Kratos' house, but we knew he was going to go to their house yeah. at the end, and you do not want Kratos coming to your house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like this long con for that bit, but also because we wanted to get them in there early. We talked about these characters a lot in the last game, and it's like no one really wants to hear about them anymore. They want to see them. Yeah. And so we were like, just get them in there. You know, and uh, it also is the narrative purpose of it, right? That it's like Odin's trying to talk through this. Like, hey, let's just not do this. You know, Kratos being stubborn Kratos. But not really, there's more to it. He will not be in the service of any god ever again. Yeah. It's just not, he can't, right? It's like a hard rule for him. So even though you're like, dude, just, just say yes and the game's over. Yeah. <laughs> Curtis says, no, and then here we go, you know? So that was kind of the idea behind that scene. But you're right, the Tarantino influence is there for sure. You know, like, we're fans of that stuff, we watch it all. And there's so many influences from so many different movies uh, inside the game, uh, because we're products of that. Every idea is an association of all the ideas you've had up to that point in time when you gel your idea. So, you know, we've had the team, a lot of people are in their 40s now, so times that 400, I mean, you know, there's thousands of hours Of people's associations leading into these ideas that we gel into that moment that lands for you and also has that familiarity where you're like there's something about this that i already know i like and then they have this twist on it and i'm really into it and i love his character you know and it's just suspension of disbelief we're there we're floating everybody's in and then you go for the ride
0: one thing i loved about the the kind of thor odin relationship was how it's like obviously you have the kratos atreus relationship but the thor and odin one just it seemed even more of a powder keg. Like every single time Odin would talk down to him, I'd be like, is he gonna snap? Is this gonna be the time, is he gonna snap? What was it like to have these two very different kind of um, father-son relationships going on at the same time? And how do you balance that across the whole game?
1: Yeah, again, that was super intentional. The the writing staff, um, we really kind of landed on this idea of like mirrors and clones. Like that's kind of a signature, I think, for the way that the story is told. And it works because of the one-shot camera as well, because you have to be there with them. There's no like cutaway, and you forget what's going on. You're like you kind of sit in those moments, so they they seep in a lot deeper. So when we show you the cautionary tale or the other side of the coin or whatever phrasing you want to use, it lands um, because it's kind of been built up, even though you don't really know what's happening. it's been seeding in pretty good. Um, but to your point about seeing both of them, it was important for that reason because you, if if you don't know why Thor is the way he is then you kind of don't understand why Magni and Modi were the way they are and then why is through the way she is and that was like we wanted to kind of show that as almost like a do-over right where yeah. you Thor and Sif know they kind of messed up with the boys like they were still too young probably to have them and they weren't good parents and they were probably still out rowdy drinking and having a good time and all this and not being parents Through's like their do-over it's like we're gonna do it right this time, you know, and that's why they're protecting her more and you know, but but Thor being Thor is like, well she's gotta learn, still letting her go off and do the stuff and and mom's like, No, 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 we don't wanna mess up again, and they don't know where that lies. And as a parent, that's hard because no there's no rule book. You don't get that. And Kratos doesn't get a rule book with Adreas, right? And he fumbles a bit all throughout twenty eighteen. He fumbles a bit in this game, holding on too tight. So that's the beauty of it, is like people can connect, whether you're a child or the parent, or somewhere in between, you can find the story with each of these characters like from the different parental units. Um, And I think that's very telling of the world we live in, that when people do stop and kind of put their own BS aside and they look at it, it's like everybody kind of has similar problems and we should probably be a little bit more united in these ideas. But also, it's super stressful, and I can only deal with my stuff, so I can't even have to take the time to stop and look at what's going on with (laughs) you, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess, was there a kind of Obviously, like different people bring different ideas and themes and that kind of stuff. But was there a particular kind of theme that you were looking at um when it comes to Odin and his relationship with his children and the other Aesir that you were kind of zeroing in on for me, like one of my reads, main reads is like the the manipulative power that family can have over you when treated, you know if they are kind of like predisposed to it. And it's a something that I feel like Kratos has in the past had. Um, or like struggled with and it's something that feels like unchecked on Odin's side because there's some this really powerful seeing a figure like Thor who's like legendary powerful and he's like brought to his knees by this little old man who's technically the you know father of, of them all, but still just a man, like an old man. Mm-hmm. So what was the kind of is there one or is there what was your interpretation of what you were trying to go for in it
1: I think what we were trying to land on at the end of the day is that Odin is not there a lot. So anytime he is, everyone wants that attention. You can see it from Heimdall, right? When he's there, he's like, yeah. he gets, oh, I got an audience with him for this little bit of time. And then he just tells him to leave. If you notice that Odin's always telling people to leave. Yeah. And he's off to do something else. So if you can get just a moment with him, it's almost like that faraway prince idea, right? Like, and it's, you can't get access to him, you can't, there can be no harm done. And so everybody gets time with him, and when they do, then they feel special. And when other people then see him spending so much time with Atreus, who is new, they're like, why is this kid so special? And then everyone's like jealous of that, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was the idea with him is that he's always moving, he's always doing, he's always doing. He's super selfish. He's driven by one thing, he wants to know. He has to know. Mm-hmm. And if you have someone like that, if you've ever had a parent or even someone in your family like that, they're not present a lot. And you're always seeking that attention from them or that approval and that's really where a lot of the trauma comes from and then Thor passes that on to his kids but through a different way through the physical means because he's physical in his parenting.
2: It's very much like a felt like a cult leader mentality whereas mm-hmm. like you keep people at a distance and you only give them a little bit of your time because if you show them too much of yourself they start to find the holes in you who you are and that undermines you so like I, I always felt like if anyone around Odin had the power to like usurp him or like realize something happened and it was so frustrating seeing this annoying old man just like pull these strings in this way. So it's like very well done in terms of writing and acting. Yeah, we,
1: we took a lot of inspiration from Amadeus. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you have, um, oh man, what is his name now? I'm forgetting, Centaurian. I, I can't remember. The, the, the main guy that's always trying to do the best work and then Amadeus just shows up and is just like, you know, Wundukin just crushes it and he's just like, why? You know, even I think there's these lines where he's like, why does God choose this silly vessel to speak through yeah. when I'm here just wanting to do it all? And that was the idea that Odin just needs to know and he just stayed on it. And then the kid shows up and he's like, you can just translate stuff that he's been working on for years. And he's like, he's like impressed, but he's also not happy about it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's playing it because he wants to keep him close, but he's like, Odin is not happy with this kid being able to do these things that he yeah. can't do for all this time because he's supposed to be the guy, right? Yeah. So um, it's there's a lot of that. Even like a more modern take on that would be like, you know, Good Hunting, when he's mm-hmm. working with the guy that wants to get the Fields Medal and all this stuff, and it's important, and he just comes in, he's like burning papers in front of him. This stuff's too easy for me, you know? And it's like, so even Odin, to your point, invincible, do whatever you want, nobody bothers him. The kid gets to him a little bit, just a little crack, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what gives Atreus power and the why he could keep coming back and do what he did. So yeah. it's. I love those little things because you don't pick up on them on, like the first yeah. time. They're subtle enough, but they're not like hidden enough that you'll never find it. Mm-hmm. And we like that kind of storytelling.
0: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Heimdall That it's, It was kind of, my skin would crawl every time he would do something because he was just so much of a jerk. But um, definitely wanted to ask about, there are so many different interpretations of um, these characters from mythology. And so how did you settle on, you know, how Odin was going to be, how Heimdall was going to be? You know, obviously they've been popularized especially recently through the MCU. Mm-hmm. So what was it like to take, you know, that and turn it on its head a bit? Sure,
1: I mean, we've always had our own take on it. We call it putting the God of War paint on it, you know, even back to the Greek games, like how we interpreted those gods. Um, so we, we take a lot of the, like what's happening in media and what's you know in the prose that or has been written down, things that work for us, we'll take it or we like or we can embellish upon, but it really comes down to what the characters need to do in our story. What, what are they driving towards? And the one thing we really like with the villains if you wanna even call them that, uh, cause I don't really consider them villains at all, um, is that they have trauma as well. Something's going on or something's eating at them as a personality trait that's causing them to be the way they are. And so even with Balder, right? You look at Balder and he's driven mad cause he can't feel anything. You almost feel sorry for him. It's like if you couldn't feel anything at all, like what would that do to you as a person? Heimdall very similarly, like if you could read every person around you's intentions, like, I mean, you would be disgusted with humanity right it doesn't excuse how he is he's still just a dick let's be honest right that's just who he is but he does have that baggage to go along with it so that would close you off and you can't be around people so we try to look at these things again thor unchecked if you're that guy like we're like you don't need to grow up yeah Mm -hmm. you literally be peter pan forever because nobody can tell you not to be you know there's only one person odin he you know he's he's never going to get that anyhow attention so why why do it so each of the characters we try to push through these kind of like have these psychological kind of underpinnings that people can relate to as well. Like you <laughs> know somebody like that or you've met somebody like that. Again, you don't want to be around for yeah. these very reasons. So again, it's like taking that mythology very, very high. You know, you don't need to go read and know everything about them because we're going to have this like humanity, you know, human element underneath. And then when we collide them in the middle. You're almost more accepting of like, now we'll let you into the mythology side of them. And then you have this vessel between the two and you're like, these characters feel real to me. And again, once we have you in the suspension of disbelief mode, then it's like, you're just along for the ride and it's beautiful, right? And we've seen that too because the play session time on our game is much longer than most games. People play like four hour chunks at a time. You know, most people play like two hours and they're done or an hour, but like it's much higher. And most, even me, when I play, I'm like, I'll look at the clock, I'm like, oh man, I gotta go do something else right now. I think Just I did nine grossed. hour chunks. Yeah, okay, so, <laughs> so you're way above yeah, average. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, obviously, one of the things that the story hinges on is Tyr, um, the Norse God of War, um, referred to many times in the original game, um, and then has a very big part to play. Um, the reveal of Tear not being Tyr, um, when did that come about how how did you factor that into the story and how what was the process of making sure no one clued onto it <laughs> until it was the right time
1: oh boy this, um, is, this is gonna be the rest of the time yeah. uh, <laughs>
2: so to
1: start real tier was going to be real tier in the game and then one day i came in and i asked the writers i was like what if tear is odin and they just looked at me like what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, what if like this is the way that he maneuvers through everything? Like, like that's how he knows everything that's going on because it's just him the whole time. And they Wait, were like, When you
2: said that, I had the
1: uh, the office, like, shaky cam. <laughs> like yeah. <in> <laughs> yeah. I just
0: saw someone just take loads of Post-it notes down <laughs> off a wall. No, and it
1: kind of was like that. And they said, okay, hey, hey, let, let us go away. And I think they went for, away for about a week and you know, five, six days or something like that to put it through its paces because they were like, this is interesting. This might be the thing that, you know we're not gonna get a Blades moment. That was 15 years to yeah. lead into that, you know? Maybe we could pull this off. And then it came back and they're like, I think it can work. And then we started, okay, what? And then it became this fun game of like, how can we teeter him on the line to your point where it doesn't go over the line, but it's just enough when you go back, you're like, how did I see that, right? Like the stuff like him calling like Freya Frigg, oh, just a yeah. poke yeah. at her,
2: you know? See, this is the one that mm-hmm. I keep mentioning. Yeah. He's like obsessed with her room. And yeah. I was like, it's because it's her ex-husband simping right. for her again, and
1: and you see these little things like even if you go back to where you rescued him, if you go into that chamber, there's raven feathers in the corner.
2: Oh, there's all kinds of little oh.
1: stuff like like dotted throughout the game. Um, but once we once we got there, we're like, okay, we're gonna do the the mystery, right? We're gonna do the sixth sense thing, like where you don't know until you know. Um, again, I already told you, like, Brock has to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah how does he die and we were like he would figure it out of all the characters in the game brock sees through bs yeah he's the most like that guy the pragmatic one that's going to figure it out so we were like okay and then the really gnarly thing that popped up and i can't remember who came up with this idea but was tears been cooking for the family the whole time Mm -hmm. daddy would kill him with the kitchen knife
2: Oh, oh yeah! Because he
1: has it on him. You see him over there cutting carrots and making food for everybody. Because like, he wouldn't have a weapon. Yeah. He doesn't want a weapon the whole game, so he had to. Have that. Ooh, yeah. And that's what he gets him with. He gets him with the kitchen knife. It's and it's also like. It's like Clue. You could play Clue with this. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and it's also like very Odin, right? It's like, yeah. this, this like sniveling. at uh, kitchen knife it is how you would do it. Yeah. Instead sort of like some like massive axe or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, brutal too. It rough. It was rough.
1: Yeah. Did you see it coming at all? Uh,
2: in this you know that I think it was planned this way. I realized as it started to happen yes. just like yeah. a second before yeah. and I was like wait a second.
0: Why well, things things getting weird? It mentally freezes you, right? Yeah. 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 And
2: that's where it's like it clicked into place but then I didn't have time to like put it through its paces in the way that you guys did and before I could like really reflect on whether it was a an accurate thought or not it was over and I was like I've been red weddinged again. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Oh, and, and that's what we wanted that because it's like a one two punch. Like right you're like what? Yeah. And then you're in shock of that and then Brock's there and then they disappear and you're just like left holding the bag. Yeah. Of, of every you know everybody's gone. That was part of that conflict and now you guys have to pick up the pieces. And you can't, nobody can. And they go into that grief moment and then they go back to the house. Yeah. Um, and that, that part was really important to us too. I know that some people have called that out as like, well, this is, why would they go do this slow thing? And after all that action, it's time to go to Ragnarok. And it was like, no, no, because no, that's what happens. It's that shock. <laughs> if you ever had something traumatic like that happen, you can't just get back on the horse and do things. You're like literally in shock. Yeah. So we wanted, and that was another character growth moment for Kratos too, to realize it. Yeah. It was like, we're going home. I, I, I've been through this before, this is dumb, we're not doing this again, you know, and then Atreus the is the one that pulls him out of that spiral, and then they go find him, and then they have the moment with Sindri, which was, that was the thing I think a lot of people didn't see coming, we saw this in playtests a lot, where they were just like, that arc of Sindri, no one mm-hmm. could have called yeah. out at the yeah. beginning, no. right, and, no.
2: like, and we treat him like the giving tree,
1: right, the whole game, he's like, here's your compass, yeah, here's, here's this, here, yeah. let me fix this, and then by the time you get to that moment, he's just the stump,
2: yeah. and I love that and it's never walk back. Like he's yeah. he's forever changed by that, like in, at the funeral, which is like a beautiful scene. He's there, but you can tell he's still not over this. Like he's, it's all, he's almost there. Yeah, like, when he
1: gives Kratos that stare down. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh leaves. God, mm-hmm. yeah. Because he before he's always getting backed down by Kratos, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just like yeah. completely like, no, I'm not afraid I'm not afraid of anything. Yeah. So, yeah. So heartbreaking uh,
0: it, yeah and i mean was it i mean i know Corey kind of gave you those three things was it always meant to be brock and like why did why did he have to die why did someone have to die
1: <laughs> the, Corey had said when he told me that he goes do you know why and i was like yeah i remember the conversation we had years ago in 2018 that brock was the family dog that was the inspiration oh God. that is okay. evil man that's not, but that's why not happy
0: enough with Killing a wolf at the very beginning. We didn't kill him. Well, oh, he came back. Well, I mean, we, we well, I back, mean yeah. you, you tell that to my tears. But, <laughs> yeah.
1: um, but no. no, but like it's, but that's why it's yeah. most impactful if you're gonna, you know, you can kill characters and you may not care, but like to your point, like in Red Wedding is just the whole thing is the shock and awe of it. But there's, you know, when you, it's more like the, when Ned dies, you know, that almost hurts more, right? Because you're just like, oh man, I thought this was gonna be the guy. So, it's. It's tough, and but that's how life goes. You know, usually, the person that's close to you is the one you don't want to lose, and when you do, that's what hurts the most. So, and we, you know, if you if you brought them back together, we had to break them apart because again, get back to the mirroring and the cloning. If we're going to bring Kratos and them back together and they break apart, it has to be on a different set of circumstances. Yeah, like they made the choice. Brock and Sindri got no choice in it, mm. much like Balder. Now that I've told you the secret, you can probably write all kinds of crazy stuff oh. like this. And the are going to hate me. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a trick.
2: Um, so. One of the things that I, in relation to that is that I, I thought was like beautiful, beautifully done, and I would love to know how you got there, is the whole like riddle between oh. Brock and Mimir, and then mm. he realizes the answer in the final moments. Like, how, was, how did that come about? So I remember we were like, okay, there's got to be that
1: thing that encompasses the whole moment just in case it doesn't land. Almost like, here's the thing for the cheap seats (laughs) if you weren't paying attention the whole game. Um, In hindsight, it landed where we probably didn't need that, but we liked it so much. And I remember them going back and forth and I kept pushing for more. I was like, more riddle stuff, more, you know, like Mm. uh, that really dial it in so when we get there, and then they kept writing. And I, th- I believe it was Anthony Birch and Orion Walker that put that whole riddle bit together. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. If I got the wrong names, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, the writing team is uh, yeah. pretty big. But uh, Matt, you know, being the narrative director and uh, Rich being the, the lead writer, they just brought all that stuff together. And then when we explained it all to Alistair, uh, who plays Mamir, and um, Adam, who plays Sindri, they just really brought yeah. that moment together. You know, it's just it's one of those things where you, you hope that you can earn that moment. And when you see people have that reaction to it, yeah. you're like, okay, cool. Like we did our job.
2: <laughs> I think within the context of the narrative for me, it was like you lose Brock and it feels really bad. And then you have that, it's a very human moment after loss where you think that you've recomposed yourself and you think that you're good. And then someone says something or you see something or you smell something and it just triggers that one moment and you fall apart again and that's where the true healing begins. Mm-hmm. And I think that riddle moment with Mimir was like where I was like, I'm really feeling the loss of Brock now, as opposed to then. So it was like yeah. a, a genius like, line there.
1: there. There's a little thing that some people experience, not everyone, but um, when they go back to Midgard and they go do the deer hunt and after they go see Sindri at the temple, if you go to any shop in the game, there's no shopkeepers.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. And so the some role. people
1: could uh. they go wandering around and then they start freaking out like I'm never going to be able to upgrade anything ever again and all this kind of stuff. And we hold on to that for like a like a split beat level before Lunda steps in to start doing that. But for some people, they we would seem they'd wander off for like an hour and you could see it weighing on them like,
0: I oh, have all this stuff. Like-. You've seen it on Reddit. Like- yeah, <laughs> and, it's,
1: and it's even more crushing because it's like the gameplay now is being affected by the loss yeah. as well. So it's those are like magic as a video game because you can't have that in a film. No. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, in terms of another character who's experiencing or experienced loss and you know, she's still very much processing it, I think Freya's... <laughs> Ark and especially where we see him. we get to her. Yeah, oh no, <laughs> yeah. please, we've been building to. I've been dying to talk about Freya. I yeah. thought Danielle crushed Incredible. It. Oh my God. She's yeah. excellent. But the, uh, like the beginning, you know, when she's so, so angry, I mean, you know, you're obviously later on you're talking about how everyone processed Brock. Um, how do you approach Freya, like this mother's grief?
1: I think exactly what you just said is that, like, you know, there's that old saying that no parent should have to outlive their child. And I think we really took that to heart. And um, you can't, <laughs> just I mean, what are you gonna do with that? Um, and so her grief is both that, and then there's still anger. She's still very angry at Odin and everything she gave up and to try to make it better, and it still didn't work out. So that's where a lot of the genesis came from, like, okay, She's almost projecting this onto Kratos because she can't get to Odin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what if we could figure out a way to l- align them, where it was like, I know this, I took this from you, but we're really going in the same direction. Let's go get this guy, and that's where all of the connections started to come together for us. Where you're like, okay, but it, we would again, you have to earn that, and you know, it's it's tricky because we wanted to get her back soon, but not too soon, and for some people it's too, it's too soon, it's, a, it's, a, it's almost impossible to like thread that needle. Um, but I was very happy with the way it, it kind of turned out in the end, because when you see that scene when she's ripping out the roots, um, yeah. and you know it's starting to unravel a little bit, um, and then they have that conversation, and they shake hands, and you're just like, cause she still says right there, she's yeah. like, I don't know, she's I mean, she's almost like a spinning top, and you know if it's gonna fall over, yeah. it keeps spinning, you know? and I, I love that kind of tension that Daniel brings to it, and specifically that moment when she was down ripping those roots out. Man, we did a lot of takes, and I went over in the in the volume. There's like this very like soft carpet, you know, and it it was like wet from tears. Wow. wow. She just gives it every take, mm. yeah. just going so hard, and uh, you know she's can't say enough good things about Danielle. <laughs> that, that she is Freya. I mean, there's
2: yeah that was my favorite scene in the game yeah. and it's such a human like i i forgot that i was um you know this i was i was playing it but i hadn't turned the microphone off on my playstation controller mm. so like when that scene happens i paused it and out loud said like this is incredible so there's a video clip and then i recorded oh, really? because yeah, I, I, <laughs> I wanted to remember the scene when i when i write about it later um but i forgot that it had recorded my voice as well oh. and the reason i love it is because it is the most human Kratos has also been because you have that moment where Freya is unraveling, and then you have Kratos be like, I shouldn't have robbed you of that decision. And it's a moment where you can tell he put that out there, not knowing what was going to come back, but hoping it would be forgiveness. And when she says, like, she kind of reconciles with him and walks away, the camera lingers on Kratos for just a little longer, and you can see the weight kind of go off of him. Like, he, like, and I was like, that is just an incredible moment where this character, you can see like the weight of what he, the decision he made be lifted from him slightly and the guilt slightly eased. And I was like, this is like a jaw dropping scene of, of acting and writing and delivery.
1: It, it's amazing that you noticed that last little bit because I remember talking to Chris about that specifically, because that, we were gonna use that linger. And he goes, well, you know, well what is the motivation here and all that? And I was like, could you have done what she just did?
2: Mm-hmm. yeah right. if he was
1: in the opposite of that could you could you yeah. let it go yeah could you you know he's like and then that's what makes you stick you know because yeah. you, that will run through your head if yeah. someone's able to like give you that forgiveness like could you give it back and it's it's a hard thing in life.
2: Oh. Yeah, and there's like a shake in his hand as well. And mm-hmm. it's, like I was just so impressed by that moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, incredible. the two of them
1: when they're together. Is
2: like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's impressive. And that's why I loved post-game. Yeah. They're together. Mm-hmm. And like, I was so glad that I saved a bunch of content, like a bunch of side stuff for them. Because mm-hmm. now you have this different perspective where they're both like bouncing off each other. And it's so good to have Freya and, and Kratos. Yeah, dunking on mirror. And it's like, I don't know, man. I'm like... I ship you guys. <laughs> to do it. But uh, let's quickly go through the a couple of remaining characters, Atreus. Um,
0: oh, just the small ones.
2: Yeah, a couple of uh, the small ones. Atreus, we're kind of wrapping up. Like he's like Z-tier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> but like, obviously, like he's in his teenage phase. Um, and what was kind of like the approach for him? Because there's so much going on with that one character. He's like trying to figure out who he is. He's going through this like phase where he thinks he's you know how most teenagers are, where they're like. I am the be-all, end-all, I have to save the world, and that's where he's at. And then at the same time, he meets Angra Boda and Throod, and what was kind of the arc that you wanted him to go on?
1: You pretty much just said it all.
2: It's like that thing
1: as a kid, where it's like you, everything feels like the end of the world or the weight of the world, because your world is tiny, you know, like your worldview at like 12 is nothing. You know, it's like maybe, it's, maybe you've been out of state, maybe out of country if you're lucky. You know what I mean? Um, so like it's small and every time it gets opened up, you change. And I think it's what's funny, a lot of people are like, oh, why would he make this decision or why would he do this? Like, did you not remember what it was like to be 14 years old? Like, come on, like people, it's really dumb stuff. Yeah. Like even just like the whole thing of Jotunheim was that idea of like, you know, it's like 10 p.m.'s curfew. It's like 10:17 might as well stay out till 2 a.m. is you going to be in trouble all the same at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, so um, that's that kind of feeling where you just wanted to put you back in those shoes as you could look through that and be like, I probably did dumb things like this, but I'm so into what he's doing right now yeah. and I want to hang out with these characters. And I, who's this skilter guy? Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> know what I mean? Like, like it, that was really just it to make you have that feeling of being a kid again. And I, I know for some God of War fans, that's a leap. And it's not everyone's favorite level, but it was very important for Atreus because all the things that happen after that don't work if you don't have that moment of just seeing him be a kid, you know what I mean, and just be free, you know, just to think and talk and discuss things.
2: And uh, it's also
0: expanding his worldview and like making a friend was such a huge thing as I was playing through. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's just the idea of like, let him see something other than what his dad points at. And like being able to see Angra Boda and like, reconnect with some of his heritage and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I like, f- that That whole thing is, for me, why he makes that decision at the end, where he's like, I'm, I'm going on my own, I've got stuff to do. And it wouldn't happen unless he had that that moment. So I feel, I feel like it makes perfect yeah, it, sense. It's yeah. like
1: the two of them, you know. Um, they uh, are together in that cause. Like, just because he goes up that way and she goes the other way, and you see her back in Jotunheim at the end, it's like, they're doing it together. Yeah. Like you know, they, they swap the marbles, and you know, the marbles are what help. They're almost like compasses that help find each other when they go through the Utengard. And it's like, you know, she already had his. That's why she keeps finding him. But she gave him her marble. You know, so they're they're gonna they're gonna be a thing if we ever get around to that in the future. We'll see. DLC. I have no I have no idea what the future holds at the studio. That's yeah. above my pay grade. But uh, yeah, yeah.
0: But I mean, even even Kratos as well. You know, I I went back to. Um, Jotunheim after and, you know, he kind of gives her the approval. Yeah.
2: Oh, you, you, yeah. you yeah, got that line? Yeah, it's yeah. one of it's, my favorite lines, lines of the He's like, oh, I like you. Yes. Yes. I was like, wow, that is ridiculous. Because
0: <laughs> it's also, you know, he, in many ways across the course of the game, is loosening his grasp, like he, he loves Atreus so much, he just wants to protect him, but then he kind of has that moment where he realizes that he is capable and he can do it. They can do it together, but he is capable and he doesn't have to hang on so tight despite this prophecy that's been looming over him uh, the, whole, the whole game. And I mean, how do you how do you approach like balancing all of that? Like, throughout? it's
1: I mean, it's super difficult. Uh, there's so many plates being spun and um, I think it really comes down to like almost like the, I'm going to get this a little messed up because I haven't said it in a long time, but the kind of like thesis statement of 2018 was like, you know, could a boy teach a monster to be a man and could a father you know, teach his son to be a better God. It's yeah. something along those lines. And then for this was like, you know, what what kind of, you know, man, would Kratos be without his son? And what kind of God will Atreus be out without his father? You know, because we know they're gonna, would they go back into their old ways? Would, would he become the Loki that we all know in the myth? A super trickster, just terrible kind of thing. And then by, you know, uniting so much in this game and teaching each other and having that promise, you know, the. Uh, between them I think that's where we, we landed on this idea and then when Chris said those final lines it just crushes everybody right when he's like yeah you know, Trace stays Loki's gonna go it's just like and you believe it yeah. 100% you believe like that he's like I did a good job mm-hmm. and like for Kratos to ever think he could think that yeah. is almost impossible and then that leads into him going to see the the path on the back side of the other mural I mean that was like for us like the magic moment and you know, I was one of those where I think, you know, Chris was like, I got like two takes at me because I'm going to put everything into this and make sure we get it now. And he just left it all hanging out. Because everybody gets it. You see it in his yeah. face and you're yeah. just like, what is he going to do, oh my God, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he just hangs in there for the moment. He just sits right on that edge, but he's got you right there with him.
2: <clears throat> yeah, incredible. Um, what is your favorite scene in the game?
1: Oh, wow, there's so many good ones. I don't know if I can pick favorite one. I I can't pick. You can't pick. If you ask me in a year, I probably have (laughs) like... They're just too close to it I've got a different
2: question, actually. Do you have a favorite one? I I mean, like, mine was the Freya Freya, thing, yeah. yeah. Um, We call that
1: that scene, are we good?
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Are we good scene, yeah. (laughs) But there's, like, so many different things that we don't have time to touch on, like, the whole, like, uh, Yomanganda stuff and, like, the seeding of different things in the previous game. But I think the question we should probably end on is, like, there was a new story that went around recently where it was like, back behind the scenes where the team thought, oh no, we've, we've screwed this one <laughs> oh, up. Oh man, this quote yeah. is coming
1: back to bite me in the ass. Uh,
2: I don't really want to talk about that quote, but like, sure. how do you feel now and that you, you look around and there's like people who, one, you know, there's a review scores that are like very high, but then there's people like us who like found so much emotional worth in it and like, sure. and like narrative worth in it and like people, I've spoken to people who are like, I'm genuinely like, growing as a person playing some of these things. How does it feel to know that it's there, knowing that at one point you were like, we might have screwed this one up?
1: Um, well, let me address that real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I said it and I should have had more context around it because obviously context is everything. We're our worst critics, so, excuse me. <laughs> um, we're, we're always thinking it's not good, you know, all the way through, and the games are not always great when you're entering into that alpha to beta phase because it's like you're still missing things like some characters faces aren't animating so you don't know if the scene is working like all that emotional stuff you said it you see a flat face you're like well this is are they gonna get hurry up get the scene over it's really long you know or the music's missing there's so many parts that you don't actually know and you start to get a sense at some point of, okay, these things are working, these things are not working. And then you finally get to where, you know, through play tests and whatever that starts to click. But those weren't until very, very late where people are actually like, okay, this is really good. We're getting like fours and fives across the board on all the play tests. So that's really what that is. It's just us being like really harsh and things come together at the last minute to kind of get to what you're talking about. I mean, that's, when I hear people say stuff like that, like I stopped and made me think, then I feel like we've done our job. because. We're not intentionally setting out to do those things we're putting them there and if you're willing to go into that suspension of disbelief in a place where it'll open you up to freely think then that's the result and it's really amazing but it's not like you must feel this way like i never go into thinking a scene needs to do that because it's that's manipulative and that's not what we're trying to do we're trying to leave it for you and if it connects because of all the little pieces that have come together then we've we've hit the sweet spot, and you know it sounds like you had a few of those, and it sounds like you had a few, and I have a whole bunch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, that's all we can ask for, because we're also here to entertain. You know, people are putting down seventy dollars, or depending on what country, seventy dollars plus. It's like, so we want you to have a really good time. But if you know, you can think about a couple things. There's some subtext in there that clicks with you and, and makes you a better person. Then awesome, because video games should be able to do that. Films, TV, movie—they all books. They all do those things. Why? Why can't video games?
2: Yeah, well, I think you guys you should be proud of what you yeah. did as an oh, executive game. We're very
0: proud. Yeah. Congrats on the game award nominations as yeah. well,
2: by the way. Oh yeah, <laughs> I just
1: found out. Yeah, my my aunt actually texted me.
2: That's <laughs> how <laughs> so I, so I found out. Was it like great job, or was it like, is this the one that you make? Because that's how. <laughs> no, <I'll... laughs> no, she
1: super knows what's going on. She loves it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So,
2: awesome. a... well, Eric, great. thank you so much for your yeah, time. thank you. So I much much. appreciate you it. it was great chatting to you. Yeah, sweet.